Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome, Welcome back, back to Broadway, Broadway Vibes, Vibes Only. Woo! We haven't been able to talk in sync in a really long time because yes. we've been doing this over Zoom all summer. So this is very exciting for us. Yeah, school is starting in three days. So we're back in better than ever. The t- power duo is back. Back in Pittsburgh, baby. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a very, very special guest um, today. We're talking about the spring 2013 season, but before we get into that, I am so, so excited to introduce you all to Carly Heitner, who I was able to connect through, which I'm very proud of, through Jewish geography. That's, <laughs> that's simply all it was, and I was, I was so proud of that. So why don't you introduce yourself, Carly? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh my God, hey, love the Jewish geography, always. So classic in my life, but I'm Carly Heitner, And I do a few things. My main job at the moment is I work for Yes Broadway, which is an influencer marketing and social media agency in New York. We do influencer marketing for Broadway shows and social media for Broadway shows and upcoming musicals. Uh, It's super fun. And then some of my other side hustles, I guess, Mm -hmm. are I run a YouTube channel called Broadway Song Association, where I interview Broadway guests. Uh, and I play a game of song association with them, basically, which is also super fun. We kind of chat about what's going on in their lives. And then we do the song association game. And I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. And then lastly, I produce concerts at 54 Below. And I have one coming up on September 18th at 9.45 p.m. <laughs> which is called the Pop Broadway Song Title Mashup Show. And it's basically taking songs from Broadway shows and pop songs that have the same title, such as Burn from Hamilton and Burn by Ellie Goulding, mashing them together and seeing how it works. It's a really cool cast. And so that's kind of what I have going on in my life at the moment. And I'm so, so excited to be here on Broadway Vibes only with two iconic people. Oh, wow. My God. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that that was, was amazing. So great. That was that was. <laughs> Well, we would call it 20 out of 10. Yes, that yes. was great. So incredible. You yes. guys, I mean, all of that is awesome. But the, the whole like 54 below that concert, that sounds so, so cool. I'm really creative too. I'm excited. I'm a bit nervous because it's my first time doing this idea. I've produced some concerts in the past, but they've been more of like, I did a 54 sings like pop icons, female pop icons. So it was like kind of just cast some great people and make them sing fun songs uh i did like a sing the 90s one but this one is a bit more intricate like we're doing full arrangements making it work so i think it's going to be really fun when it does happen but it's definitely interesting for now we'll see that's so, that's so, so cool. cool yeah i love watching 54 below Me concerts too. on youtube they are I don't so know. amusing have you seen the broadway loves britney one <laughs> Oh, of course. Oh, good. I love, I love the renditions of the Britney songs that the, that they yeah, chose. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, I watched those like all growing up. I still obviously watch them all the time. <laughs> uh, and then I got the opportunity. I met Jen Tepper. I don't know if you know who she oh is. Oh my god, I've listened but, to her before. I've listened yeah, to her podcast. So she produced Be More Chill, and she's the programming director at Fifty Four Below. And I met her about three years ago now at Be More Chill and we like connected. And from there, I like, she had me assist on projects at 54 and whatnot. And then I got to produce my own one about a year and a half ago now. So it's so cool. Cause I literally growing up on Long Island, went into the city all the time for like the Drew Gasparini, Joe Iconis, like 54 below shows. I actually 
One of my claims to fame is that I saw a 54 Sing Sam Smith concert in 2014. And it was Ben Platt, Jeremy Jordan, Krista Rodriguez, Ben Fankhauser, uh, Adrian Warren, like Natalie Weiss, the list goes on and on. Um, And I paid like $30 to see it because this was like before any of them were too big. And now I like look at that list and I'm like, that was it great concert yes that was like probably a once in a lifetime experience that everyone wants to see like all those names in that's one crazy. place at one time it could that's never crazy. happen now where right. it would be like a bajillion dollars but that is my claim to fame for sure that is crazy that did is you see awesome. did you see be more chill off broadway i did uh i only saw it off broadway and i'm so glad i never saw it when i moved to broadway because seeing it in that 200 seat space was the coolest thing did you ever. i 100 percent agree with you it was so intimate and perfect there i also had seen in london Mm -hmm. and it was a small theater like that and i saw it off broadway broadway and london and i my favorites were off broadway in london like i just think it works so well in a smaller theater totally carly where did you go to school i went to binghamton in new york yeah which is funny and i loved it but has nothing to do with what i'm doing now but that's okay that's okay and you were a sister of ae5 I'm, Which I love. am LML. Yeah, <laughs> we have love. a I here. At we have lots well. of friends in AE5. Oh my god, love that. Yeah, LML for life. Yeah. So thank you so much for that introduction, Carly. So we are going to be getting into our spring 2013. Um, what an incredible season! Just to start, it off is with. a really good season. Yes, this season. I look back on this season. I love that you wanted to do this one because I look back on this season all the time, and I'm like. This season, first of all, this Tony Awards was insane in and of itself. But this season was, yeah. Super legendary. And I remember, like, at this point of my life, I was in eighth grade. So I, like, remember specifically that was my, like, really into theater phase. I really started getting into it. So this season, on top of, like, my passion, I guess, for theater at the time, meshes so well. It was the first time I actually really paid attention to the shows when I saw them. And then when it did get to like the Tony Awards, I knew going into it. I remember I had like a Tony Awards viewing party with my community theater friends. Oh my God. Um, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, so, the yeah. Kid world, of course. Yeah, so I'm excited. That opening number, we'll put an audio clip of it in, but that o- opening number to that Tony Award specifically is the best I I opening number it. I have ever seen, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, Neil Patrick Harris is the superior host, like, forever. And that one's bigger, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's make it bigger. Oh, my God. It's just, it really is bigger, better. If you watch that one on, like, YouTube, there's a good minute and a half of clapping at the end. Mm -hmm. Just because everyone's, like, in awe. Uh, I love that one. Yeah. That is so fun. Yeah, I I love the opening number. Season's new recruits include the cast of Kinky Boots, you know they're beautiful and buff as Navy Seals. And you could bounce a quarter off the ass of Billy Porter, Lord, he does eight shows a week in eight inch heels. Hats off to Barry Gordy, he runs Motown like a boss. He dominates top 40 and he banged Diana Ross. He wrote his own. Okay, so we're thinking we'll go backwards. So we'll start with Pippin and we'll end with Cinderella. Um, okay, so the first show we're gonna talk about is Pippin. Um, Pippin opened on wait i have to put up this link so that i don't forget to do it later 
Okay, so the first show we're going to talk about is Pippin. Pippin opened on April 25th, 2013. It was the last major musical of the 2013 season to open. And it did pretty well for a revival, like I think. It ran for 709 performances. It ran until January of 2015. So, I mean, I think it had a pretty respectable run for a revival of a show that's not really based on a movie or like with a famous person or anything like that. Um, I don't know your thoughts, Carly, but did you see this revival? I did. I did I? Twice. Oh my god. Oh wow. With both casts or both times the original? Both times Bettina Miller, Matthew James Thomas, you know. Rate was Rachel B. Jones in that, right? Was. Yes, she was. She was the mom, like the love interest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She was so good in that. I saw it and I remember obsessing over it because I didn't know it going into it. And then it was just like Bettina Miller opened her mouth and I was like, I'm obsessed. Yeah. (laughs) So well done. It was so good. And I also saw this revival. This was actually my birthday present. Um, And my mom took me and my friend Drew Jacobson, who now goes to Ithaca for musical theater. Shout out, Drew. um, (laughs) To see it. And we also, we saw it right after Andrea Martin had left, which was kind of sad. But we still saw like Bettina Miller, Matthew James Thomas, Terrence Mann, all of them. And I remember being so stunned by the circus tricks. Like they were so, so like, it was like a, like a grade circus tricks, like did not need to be that good. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty sure when I saw it, I didn't even understand one second of the plot at all. But I just remember being like, okay, Bettina Miller singing and the circus and the fun. And there was like fire. And I was like, I love this. A plus. That's so interesting that you say that because I think I like Pippin because of the plot, which is like, which is very different. So I saw it whenever it came on tour, actually. I forget what year it was. I want to say it was like after it closed. Like I want to say it was like probably 2014 or 2015, like while it was still in the revival of the Broadway show. Um, and I saw it and, I, and it was, you know, I was getting into my teenage, like I was 14, 15. And I remember I watched it like that was whenever I really kind of was understanding things and like fully, like kind of like getting into yes, things. Right, yeah. exactly. And like getting into like my older teenage years. And I remember like Pippin ended and we all know how it ended, like that revolutionary moment. And I was like, wow, like this, that was an insanely crazy story and I, honestly I was emotional about it and like I mean of course we'll talk about the yeah. plot but it was it was re- I, I really appreciate I love the show because of the plot and obviously I do love the tricks I do love the music but I think that it's special because of the plot really? so, so yeah I think I think it's different because that and also fun fact this is my mom's favorite musical so mom shout out I know you're gonna listen to this podcast and I know that you love this musical so this one's for you she was actually in it whenever oh, really? she was in high school yeah wait yeah so we God. were talking about this before but I also don't understand the plot at all I still don't really <laughs> get the plot um and i do love pippin but i remember being like i love this but i kind of am walking away with not really knowing knowing what's going on something about your purpose right uh, yeah. so but yeah so very having you have- style yeah. yeah why don't you explain so, how it works because yeah. i don't really even know how to put it I into mean, words i mean but here's the thing it's so it's so it- intricate but it's supposed to be simple as well basically it's about a man a boy who grows up throughout his life and it's the story of his life 
and all these little subplots in between and but like him told. meeting him meeting exactly it's being it's being told like like basically this guy he wants he wants more for himself he keeps wanting to do more and more but it ends up not being enough for him like nothing is enough for him and so at the end of the plot you know i mean i'm gonna spoil it sorry spoiler but you, you can watch it like it's not really spoiling it because it's kind of also predictable but basically like nothing fulfills him enough but what does fulfill him is meeting this woman and having a child and so at the end he's like still wanting more still wanting more and the narrator is like pippin this is your life this is it we can't give you more than this and it's like this is the simple things in life that you need to appreciate and so whenever i saw it whenever i came on tour they completely tore down all the lights yes. all the flashing it was stripped down completely and it yes, was, I, I remember that that same ending i'm pretty sure yes, exactly and so that's yeah. like the whole point the theater was like bare and yes. i remember yeah. and Christina miller got so mad she's like stay chance leave you oh yeah leave. she was pissed she was like yes. everybody has to get out right now exactly because it's like that's like that's the point so and then like you know like they're wearing like no clothes and then the best part about it is that's the simple life that they need and then the, the son of pippin he comes to the front of the stage and starts singing corner of the sky and we and we realize that it's just going to be keep going like generational that like they're going to keep wanting more the kid is going to keep wanting more and they're never going to learn which is kind of depressing in a sense but like Pippin kind of learns it, but this kid, you know, and then it feels like, like the end of a uh, Hades town esque sort of yes to extent. But also, um, something else interesting about Pippin is it's told by like this like traveling like circus like yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk more about that. I so the story that she was telling that she was explaining is told by a traveling circus group, and they incorporate theatrics into it. So I, that's probably what confused me the most about it because right. I was like, is this a show within a show or is this just how they're choosing to tell the story? Or... It's how they're choos- choosing to tell a story because that's how Pippin imagined his life. Like he imagined- I also think that the revival was a little bit more circusy than the original. Yeah. The original like had those elements, but it was a lot, I don't want to say chiller, but kind of. And then when it was done in the revival, it went like bigger and bigger and bigger and that's kind of the version that we saw in like this version but the original was a little bit more tame uh and had that same idea but wasn't as circusy was more like uh the leading player and like theatrical like you were saying right 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 all right um let's talk about before we talk about songs let's talk about what awards it won because this kind of swept the award seasons in terms of revivals um in the tonys it won best revival um, best actress for Patina Miller, which was kind of a shoe in for her the whole time. And I was really happy about that because she was amazing in it. So she was the narrator, one of the narrators. She was the leading player. Oh. She was the leading player. Uh, it was unreal. Like, so even good. thinking back to the show, it's just Patina Miller, Patina Miller, Patina Miller. I just remember her like coming down and like that hoop. Yeah. Like, yes. Arm, oh my like, God. Holding on just like for dear life, like ripped arms and like huge vocals and I was like she's got this in the bag totally yeah. no she's amazing <laughs> and um Terrence Mann was nominated for best feature actor I believe Gabriel Ebert from Matilda beat him which I'm okay with because I'm obsessed with Matilda which we'll talk about later um Andrea Martin one who's that character no matter who plays her steals oh. the show the grandma oh yes that's one of my favorite songs oh yeah <laughs> I mean that that got a standing ovation at in the middle of the show. I don't know about for you guys, but like people were literally standing at the end of that song. Yeah, she's just legendary. Um, 
And then Diane Paulish directed it, which is kind of cool because she's directed a lot of really interesting stuff. She comes from Boston. She works at that theater at Harvard and she's done, I'm pretty sure, the Hair Revival. That was kind of recently. She did Finding Neverland, um, this, and a few other She dragged Little Pill? Oh my God, she did, which I loved that show. Yeah. (laughs) The music was so good. Oh my God, obsessed. Yeah. Is it coming back? Yes, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was nominated for choreography, scenic design, costume design, lighting design, and sound design, and didn't win any of them. It also won the Drama League for Best Revival, and it won a ton of stuff at the Drama Desks. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Good for Pippin. Good for Pippin. <laughs> I know. Seriously. All right. So what are our favorite songs, guys? Um, basic, but Corner of the Sky. Obvi. Yeah. So good. Basic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love Corner of the Sky, though, but, you know, every straight white male in musical theater has Uh every audition for years. So I do love it, but I can't I get a little cringe every time any straight white male. I'm like, oh, so what are you saying? They're like Corner of the Sky. I'm like, I love it. But like, right Right. Um, right. Let's, let's be original. Let's try something else again. But no, it's I mean, that's a classic. Right. Right. seem destined to settle for something small, but I won't rest until I know I'll have it all. So don't ask where I'm going. Just listen when I'm gone. And far away you'll hear me singing softly to the dawn Rivers belong where they can ramble Eagles belong where they can fly I've got to be where my spirit can run free Gotta find my corner of the sky Specifically, like the beginning of glory. I love the beginning of glory is just to die for. No, I love glory. We'll put an audio clip of that in. That song is so well done. And like the chorus vocals in it are so good. Um, But I I, I love glory. I I think that is one of my favorite songs. But I think glory, glory. One favorite song. I actually think the finale is a really good song. Oh yeah. 
I just think it's really cool and it's like 10 minutes long and it's like super epic and it's yeah. staged like super even though I had epic. no idea what was going that's on, a good but... word for it I'll epic I love yeah, that it's totally an epic number um mm-hmm. also like I feel like Stephen Schwartz kind of is used to writing weirder things because he also wrote Godspell oh um and Wicked obviously which we all know right. um what's but, that yeah. I've never heard of it. I yeah, I know. What, what, what's it again, it's it's huh? kind of like an off the rails musical. Like you probably never. <laughs> oh, it's like a little quirky, Love right? That. Yeah, <laughs> you know, indie, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it out. <laughs> I um, I really like Stephen Schwartz, and I think that the music is also one of the reasons that people are so drawn to this because, like you said, you're drawn to the plot. But like right. for like somebody who was seeing it at the time that me and Carly were like in middle school, like the only like really accessible part of it were like the theatrics and the music. So I think that that was a really huge thing that drew people in. Right. Also got to love on the right track that, that I, that was with Patina Miller and that's the one that she sings. I mean, the vocals in that insane. I mean, she's great throughout the entire, but that song, especially I was like, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then like, of course, magic to do, except for the fact that it has like a 20 minute, opening until you actually get to her singing it yeah so oh my god it, probably like one minute long but it's literally like a minute and it's good when you're watching it but when you're listening to the album and you're like there's just a straight minute of nothing until she actually says join us but i absolutely love magic to do speaking obviously. of magic to do um that number was staged so well because it's the first number in the show and when you enter it was just like a blank like circus tent and it's like patina miller's shadow and she like comes in and then the tent falls and behind the tent is literally like this colorful like like spectacle of just gymnasts and like weirdly flexible people doing crazy (laughs) things weirdly flexible for sure Cool. Right, like yeah. strangely flexible. Join us, sit where everybody can see. We've got magic to do just for you. We've got miracle plays to play. We've got hearts to perform, hearts to warm. Kings and kings to take my score. specifically there was someone who walked down a staircase with their hands just like on their head yeah yeah could never be me but like good for them and also i don't know if you remember at the beginning of act two when one guy lifts another guy like they lifted someone like they like held hands and he literally lifted him above his head and this guy his his he like kept a straight point i was like i don't understand how that like acrobats have is crazy because they're weirdly flexible like you said but they're also so strong it's like crazy the things that they can do yeah thinking about it now too they probably like recruited like actual acrobats they did. and they did. from the first circuit not just musical theater people yeah they did okay they did okay. they were recruiting they were recruiting acrobats and gymnasts and people who could do this kind of That's stuff nuts. not um but also that actually reminds me, Simple Joys was also, I feel like, a really great song in terms of acrobatics with all the yeah. hoops and the balls. And, like, that show was just, if you can find a bootleg of it somewhere, I'm not going to promote anything, but if you find it on your own, 
I would highly recommend watching it. It um, is very, very good. And also a lot of high schools do it too. Like I remember my neighboring high school, they did it Henderson. actually. Yeah. Love. Yeah. They did it. And actually the kid that played Pippin, coincidentally, he went to Penn State Musical Theater and now he's on the Escape to Margaritaville tour with Trent. Oh, really? Isn't that nuts? That is funny. Yeah. We love Penn State Musical Theater. We do love Penn State Musical I know like, I know a few people that went there. Yeah. yeah. I have a bunch of friends that graduated from there. Oh, great program. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to PSUMT. <laughs> yeah, PSUNT. Okay. Um the next show, I think we can just go into the next show. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've said everything we want to about Pippin. Definitely check it out. I mean, I think this is one of the more interesting revivals, not only of 2013, but just like of recent years. Um, especially because it's not like a golden age musical, like it's a more contemporary musical revival. So I would definitely recommend checking this out. I think people who have trouble focusing on older musicals and understanding the context of them with like, this is a little bit more accessible um, in terms of like older things that are revivals. Um, we all could use a change of scene. Sweet summer evenings, hot wine and bread. Sharing your supper, sharing your bed. Okay, next show we're going to talk about briefly is Motown. I wanted to add this because I saw Motown and I actually really liked it. I'm not a huge jukebox musical person in terms of like musicals that are about an artist, just because I feel like most of the ones I've seen, I've been kind of too young for. Like I saw Beautiful when I was like 13. Like I don't know Carol King or like yeah. um, Jersey Boys. Like, I don't know. I was probably in elementary school and I saw it. Like, why would I be familiar? You know what I mean? I'm sure like, it's the same way for all of you, but like I actually knew the music of Motown going into it because it was such mainstream music. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited about it. Carly, what's your experience with Motown? I actually never saw it. Uh, I wish I did, but I obviously know all the music and love it. And I've watched the performances online, some of them. Uh, and the cast is like legendary. Yeah. Wait, but I don't know too much it? about it, honestly. Who was in it? I don't even know, actually. I think it was like Brandon Victor Dixon was in it. Oh, shit. I know that Saikon Senba was in it, who I interviewed on my YouTube channel and am obsessed with her. Uh, and I actually interviewed a few people, Saikon, Nikenji, and Reed Shannon. Okay. Are all three people I interviewed that were in Motown. So I do... Have I know a little bit about it from that too. I remember like Nikenji was talking about the opening night party that like there were tons of Motown people like that wrote the songs and were in like that realm that actually came to like opening night. So that was a really cool experience. And then I remember Reed talking about how he did the musical and the tour of Motown. And he said that because there's so many Motown songs on tour, they would like switch it up. Like one day he'd be singing like a certain song and then the next day they'd like cut it and like throw something else in there. Cause there was just 
so many hits that they could recycle through. Oh my God. That's that's like, so that's cool. really interesting. That's like such, yeah. I feel like, and you can't do that with many musicals. Like that is so cool. Yeah. I think it was like, cause there's a lot of songs in Motown that kind of just happen and aren't necessarily integrated into the plot. So they like tried out some different, like Michael Jackson songs or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, but that's kind of my knowledge on Motown. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's basically, it's not that complicated of a show. It's about uh, Barry Gordy and his relationship with Diana Ross as he was building up Motown Records in Detroit. And through that, you follow all these big artists that came out of Motown Records, like Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, um, what's his name? Barry, um, this is going to bother me. Um, Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson. Yes. Thank you. Smokey Robinson and uh, Stevie Wonder. The Temptations. Right? Uh, the Temptations. Yeah. Who there is a musical made about them later. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. All, all sorts of people. And the music is so good. And you kind of just get to dip your toe in all these different um, waters uh, in terms of like all these different artists. But also what I loved about it was they had like a young Michael Jackson and they did the whole Jackson 5 yes. thing. And they like reenacted it. And I remember I was like, that is, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I, it was so great. I mean, it's mindless theater. You don't right. walk away feeling anything. You walk away being like, let's have lunch. But like, <laughs> it's really fun. So yeah. Apple to juniors. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So that's Motown, I feel like. Yeah. There's not, it didn't really win any awards. It won one Theater World Award for Valicia Lakay, who was actually incredible in this. She was also nominated for a Tony. Um but I would definitely recommend just like checking out the soundtrack. They're well, um, I just searched up because I was curious how many songs there were. And it says there was a total of 66 <gasps> songs in the production. I don't know if that was all at like one time or through the different versions. But literally it says the musical contains a total of 66 songs. And this is the like the following list, which is crazy. And there's so many on here. Wow. Which I feel like kind of... Makes a lot sense. of them are like a yeah. lot of them are like mashups. A lot of them are like slash, say, yeah. slash slash. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like one number was like all of the Jackson Five songs, yeah. just like compiled into one. So yeah, it's a lot of music. It's a lot of singing, but I think that's why people ultimately come to see a show like Motown. So super fun and just like you go in with your family probably and just like have a good time and and then leave. Right. Oh, it's definitely a very family oriented show. I also I remember. I saw it the day after Christmas and it was all just like parents and their kids, parents who like liked Motown music and their kids, which was like really cute. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, very wholesome, good family, fun. Something that I actually like to that point about some jukebox musicals in general is it's cool to have your parents like, or your grandparents like a certain type of music and then see it come to fruition as a Broadway show and then have like their kids discover it something like jagged little pill like we said before alanis morissette music my mom like grew up to that and like i love it now and i didn't really know it for the show so yeah. I thought- <laughs>
exact same way. Same thing with like beautiful. I went in not knowing Carol King's music to the fullest extent. And I like walked out obsessed with Jesse Mueller and ready to listen to Carol King for like hours. Right. So it's that's really good. cool too. Yeah. And that's, I honestly, I actually agree because that's true with like a lot of music too. Like even Mamma Mia, you know, like I feel like that's the epitome of the jukebox music musical. Cause it's like, you know, we're all like, Abba's who's Abba? Iconic. Yeah. We're like, who's Abba? And now they're so popular. And meanwhile, like, you know, they were popular 40 years ago or whatever. So it's, it's nuts. Oh, yeah. I would wholly attribute Abba. Like oh, sorry. You go first. No, I was just saying it's cool. Like to connect with different people who liked the music originally and now you get to experience it. I don't know. I would hope. wholly attribute like Abba's fame in our generation to Mamma Mia and the movie Um, because like everyone is obsessed with Mamma Mia if you're not even a musical theater person you're still obsessed with Mamma Mia like everyone loves Mamma Mamma Mia and Hairspray in our generation like everyone knows those two because of the movie Um, but also um, what else I was going to say something else I don't remember we were talking about jukebox musicals oh right I was saying right what you were saying about newer generations like um discovering the music that's why i'm so excited they're like now starting to make more jukebox musicals geared towards music that we're kind of familiar with like i hate to mention it again but the britney spears musical that's coming out <laughs> I, knew you were I, say that. I have never been more excited for something in my life okay <laughs> let me let me just preface this like i i'm going to dc to see it by the way with my mom you should uh, yeah. i want to go do you want to come yes when are you when is it um we're going over christmas time no i'm coming oh wait literally come no i am okay so Road trip, I, I love it. I um just think that's gonna be so cool to see how like it'll people who are into musical theater who are a little bit younger than us who weren't like familiar with Britney Spears are gonna like totally become obsessed with Britney Spears. And I just can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of crazy that like Britney Spears is like a throwback jukebox musical now. Yeah. Like right. I look up for that to be a thing. That's, That's like sad. I know. Ugh. She was like our, our like elementary and middle school. Like she was, she was it. Oh, did you, I'm assuming you watched the documentary. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a free Britney sign on my uh, window of ale department. Oh my God. Legendary. I love it. I, I love, I still get like updates from Buzzfeed about like what's happening with her family. Yeah. It's like, still on that. Is she okay? Who knows? She's like probably not okay at this point. Probably <laughs> but, not. Um, <laughs> But the musical is thriving and it's on its way. So yeah, hopefully she makes profit from it. It's about princesses. Oh, she will. It's about like all these different princesses and they're going to, I'm so excited to see how they're going to integrate her music. Uh, 
while we're also on the Britney topic, can we talk about very, very getting very sidetracked? But can we just talk about like Glee Britney for a second? Oh my no, god! Oh my god! The Britney, the Britney slash Britney episode. That was the best episode of Glee. That was the best. Honestly, so good. It's just something that I needed to say. We can move on now, but like I needed to put it into the air. No, if you haven't acknowledge it, take like a moment. And it's like the most the legendariness of it. It's the most Glee thing to make them like. Go, go get, under anesthesia. Go under anesthesia at the dentist, and like the dentist is dating Miss mm-hmm. Pillbury. Like, the, like what is that? And then they, and then so they sing. Crazy. Then they have like me against the music visions yes. and baby one more time visions. And, and she also makes a cameo for like four seconds with yes. like a snake, and like that's kind of it. But like I love it. Dude, I get sad when I watch the Baby One More Time version from Glee because, like, it's Leah Michelle, and I like loved it so much as a kid, and I idolized her so much as a kid, and now I just don't anymore. Um, because I've heard from like multiple like really really reputable sources that she's an awful person. So right, yeah. And also Britney's Britney's name being Britney S. Pierce. Like oh, I love that. So good. <laughs> I did a whole Glee like quarantine rewatch. Yeah, oh. like, me and my friends would like Netflix party. Yeah. So we all like log on. It was so it's just very uh, fresh in my mind from that. Dude, Glee was a fever dream. Glee was the best show ever. It like, was. it's not, I watch the it. Best show ever. No way this is real. Ryan Murphy makes all my dreams come true. Everything he does, yeah. I swear to God. American yeah. Crime Story, Glee, the prom movie, which I actually really, really liked. Like, yeah. yeah. No, we should do a Glee episode. We should do a Glee series. Like, this is a Glee Can I come back for it. Come yes. back for the Glee episode. Okay. We're going to be about yes. Glee. Okay, amazing. It's going to be like three hours long. Oh, it'll, <laughs> yeah. It'll be like so long. It'll have, we'll have about three chapters. If you guys don't watch Glee and you're listening to our podcast, you're fake. You're fake. Yep. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> this is Glee stands only. Yes. <laughs> Wait, this is so random. Last Glee thing before we move on. Did you go to the Glee concert? Like when they I, went on tour? Of course I I did. I okay. have a, I have like a Glee barf bag that I threw out to like the audience. Yeah, like your barf bag type of thing. Uh, I have it somewhere in my room. All yeah. I remember is I went with my mom, and there was this one part, and I was only like ten, and I there was this one part where Britney just like stripped into like a bikini, and my mom was like, "Oh God, like what am I taking my kid to?" Like, well, this yeah, because is- also like it was kind of an adult show. Like oh, I was. watched it when I was like nine years old, and they were actually talking about adult themes, and I it just went right over my head. And then I rewatched it like in college, and I was like, "Wait, I literally watched this ten years ago. Like, what was I thinking?" So funny. The Glee concert was like best night ever. Best night um, ever. And the show itself could never run today but i love it right. for them. oh my god it's so out of pocket but it's hilarious it'll be a period piece one day honestly <laughs> oh exactly <laughs> love it um okay so sorry for that little tangent i hope you enjoyed that <laughs> um the next show we're going to talk about which i love is kinky boots so I'm going to click on it because I did not click on it in advance. This show ran for a really long time. This show ran longer than I think any of the other shows that we're talking about. It opened on April 4th, 2013, and it closed on April 7th, 2019. So to put that into context, I was in seventh grade when it opened and I was in college when it closed. So that ran for a really long time. Yeah, that's um, nice. It had a really great cast. Stark Sands, who I think is so underrated in this show because he has an amazing voice. Um, Billy Porter, Annalie Ashford, who oh, mur- killed it. Queen. Um, Lena Hall. Um, and then their ensemble was also like a really big part of it. Um, I'll talk a little bit about this once we kind of get into the details of Kinky Boots, but I went backstage when I saw it. And um, that was the first time when I went, when I was already into 
Broadway going backstage like at a show and I was like this is so like unreal like surreal but what's your experience with the show Carly? I saw Kinky Boots in previews okay in 2013 so I saw original cast and all with my grandma for my birthday because I think it opened April 4th right that's my birthday so I think I saw like a week before that for my birthday with my grandma it was great um and was obsessed like right away. I remember walking out of theater like I love this so much. Um like you said the cast is legendary and I actually saw it I want to say three times throughout the run. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, which was really cool. Like you said it ran for many years so I saw it once in previews and then I saw it two more times. I actually don't remember seeing it with any notable replacements because I know there were so many like Wayne Brady and Brendan Urie and like so I didn't see it with any of them but I did see it a few times and I remember like loving all parts of it and thinking it was just great. Did you see it when Stark and Billy like came back for like a limited time to do it and like no I I think those other two times were just like random cast because I can't remember like specifically being like oh my god about anyone but I remember being like, oh, my God, about Billy and Stark the first time I saw it. So I have a little bit of an, it's a, it's a very, it's a happy and it's a sad story. So the happy part is that my grandpa, how I got to see this show was my grandpa was sitting on a flight from San Francisco to JFK. And the woman sitting next to him was like really stressed because she was like, I'm going to be late for work. So my grandpa and this woman like get talking. Turns out she's in the ensemble of Kinky Boots. This is like spring of summer of 2013. Oh my God. Um, and he's like, you know, like my grandson like really likes Broadway. Like he's only like, 12, but like, would he be able to come see the show? She was like, yeah, please oh. like bring him. So she, out on the plane, my grandpa ended up getting her contact info. We got house seats. It was so fun. Um, we went oh on a Sunday in October and then we get to the, th- to the show and guess who isn't there? <gasps> Billy Porter no. is out sick. And everyone, I mean, you should have, I was fine because I wasn't like super aware of what was going on, but you should have seen it. People acted like someone had died. Like it was pretty dramatic. I mean, um, I'd probably act exactly the same. His understudy was like fine. I remember like his understudy was not a great singer, but like it's a hard role and like that's something that you need a lot of practice for so given the circumstances I was really impressed with how well he just jumped into it yeah um but I still saw Stark Sands and Annalie Ashford and when I went backstage Annalie Ashford and I had like a 15 minute conversation and we talked about Legally Blonde and I was like you get it uh I got it yeah, she had just gotten engaged too. So everyone was like, congratulations on your engagement. I can't wait to come to your wedding. It That's was like, nice. it was so crazy. But um, no, I love this show. I think this, this was weird because, okay, let's talk about awards because it won a lot of awards. I love this show. I have no, nothing against it. I just think Matilda should have won a little bit more than it did. So Billy Porter won, who's amazing. He deserves it. I mean, this role is so hard. Like, this role, he killed it. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy role. I love Billy Porter. I actually ran into him on the street once on 8th Avenue. Because you know that theater, what is it, the Al Hirschfield, right? Yeah. So it's like on, I want to say, 40, like 5th, between 8th and 9th, or like 9th and 10th. It's like pretty far. Uh, So I remember walking on like 8th Avenue, just going somewhere and I like ran into Billy Porter and I was like are you Billy Porter 
And he's like, yeah. And then we took a picture. And it was great. Nice. She's actually in Pittsburgh so, right That's now. my Billy Porter story. He, he's in Pittsburgh right now filming a movie. And my friend Cameron, um, she's in Tricic, um, ran into um, Billy also and said he was so nice. Yeah. My story with Billy Porter is, yeah, so he's from Pittsburgh. And a few years ago, I want to say like, Three years ago, I think in 2018, maybe 2017, he uh, came to a random like field in um, like 20 minutes north of Pittsburgh. And every single Sunday at this park, they do free Sunday night concerts. And I remember he did. He came to one of the Sunday night concerts and like it was free and absolutely no one was there. So I'm not kidding. There are probably 10 people in front of the stage, like and me and my five friends were just like sitting there. We were one of, we were some of the 10 people and it was just Billy Porter, like singing his guts out, just like, like in a dress, like in his boots, like absolutely killing it. Like I'm pretty sure he sang songs from Kinky Boots and like, you know, it was like a small venue with absolutely no one there. And it was this free concert of Billy Porter. And, you know, he is, um, he's great. Actually one of my uncle was pretty good friends with him you know, in more ways than one. So yeah. there's also that as well. So yeah, a lot of connections with Billy Porter, especially because he is from Pittsburgh. So that's oh awesome. Oh my God. Dear dear yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. That's your claim to fame. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that your uncle. I know. Had a, yeah. Now Billy Porter is huge. Met Gala. So right. Right. huge. Oh my God. His outfit at the Met Gala was insane. Um, I loved it. He's an icon. Um, okay. So then it was nominated for Best Actor for Stark Sands, who lost to Billy Porter. Um, Best Book, which it didn't win. Best Choreography, which it won. And the choreography was so good. Um, Best Costume Design. Best Direction, which it was both nominated for. Annalie Ashford was nominated for Best Featured Actress. I think she would have had this in the bag if Andrea Martin hadn't been in this category. Um, And then it was nominated for Best Lighting Design. And it won Best Musical, Best Orchestrations. Best original score, which is so... The music is so good in this. Oh, uh, um, and it won best sound design. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember being obsessed with the performance they did in the Tony Awards and when I saw it in person, uh, which was like the Everybody Say Yeah one. Mm-hmm. And I just remember those like... I don't know what they're called. Like the treadmill-like machines. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, I and remember then, the moving floor thing. Yeah, and they were like, the shoes were on there and then they jumped on there and they like moved around. And I just remember being like in awe, like you said, of the choreography and love it. It was like so high energy. Um, and yeah, and I also... Also, and then like, I mean, we'll talk about the songs. I guess I'll wait till we talk about the songs unless it's like a good segue. Wait, this is, a, good could, this segue. is a great segue. Okay, great. Um, and then I love them all so much, but one of my favorite songs is like the ending, like the Just Be. Oh. And I remember loving, they did like a spoof parody video called Just P. 
once I don't know if you guys saw that. No. Okay. So it was like basically saying you should watch it after. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to watch. It's basically they rewrote the words and they filmed like a music video called Just P. And it was basically saying like anybody should be able to use whatever bathroom they want to use, regardless of like how you identify or whatnot. Um, and it was so good and like, so with the message of the whole show and so funny. And I just remember them putting that out and being like, I love this even more now. Just a little side comment. That's that's so cute. What are, um, what other songs do you like in it? Um, I mean, soul of a man to die for. So good. And the ending, especially like he really goes for it at the end and hitting those notes. I'll put an audio clip of Sullivan Man in, but I love Sullivan Man. That is like a power ballad, true 11 o'clock number right there. True. That and then like Billy Porter singing anything like hold me in your heart right after. It's like back to back. Just like, yes, (laughs) thank you. I needed this. When will I be the soul of a man? with the orchestrations in the sexes in the heel yeah i think that song is the coolest orchestrations i've ever heard like that song is such good and it's such a number like oh yeah out in the boots and the outfits it's just legendary and like the mock-ups of like what they want to make and then they like hold off it's so good the whole thing is so So that show, this show is so good. Um, History of Wrong Guys. I feel like this is Annalie Ashford's kind of like star. This was, this number was honestly like her moment to start. And this was really where she turned from being like an actress who had like been around. I actually saw her in Wicked before she was like big. And I feel like History of Wrong Guys made her performance notable. And ultimately in a show like Kinky Boots that was so big at the time, 
kind of took like allowed her career to launch. And also I feel like another person that careers launched and Kinky Boots was Taylor Louderman too. Cause then she's, she was in. Yeah. But she also Kinky started in Bring It On. Oh, I, right. And I feel like that is a whole fan base around that. And that is enough of a fan base that people like. That's true. And then she did Kinky Boots and then yeah. she did. And then a ton of people got to know because of Mean, mean Girls. Girls. Yeah. Was, yeah. She's done like everything and huge, but I, I agree. Like I thought every Lauren that kind of went in has like made their mark. Yeah. And it is such a funny, smart, difficult role that like if you pull it off correctly, it's just so good. That number, it's like you're laughing the entire time and she sounds unbelievable. Yeah. And I agree with that. Like I didn't, I don't think I really knew her before Kinky Boots because I knew Lily Bond and like obviously the MTV night, MTV night, MTV recorded version on youtube uh and she's in that but like you wouldn't necessarily know her from that this kind of launched her and now she's huge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's so big now which is crazy um and also i mean i'm looking at the songs i'm like i like all of these um not my father's son so pretty and like so emotional too. Like I even like was like, wow, like this is like kind of really sad. Um, and I love what a woman wants. I just think the orchestrations. Yeah. I think the orchestrations in the show are so awesome. Like specifically the orchestrations, like obsessed. They really are. And I also think going back to not my father, father's son, uh, the whole kind of plot line there is just so good. Even from the first second where you see like the young Lola Billy Porter character. Um, trying on the heel and then getting yelled at up until that, up until the ending, like that plot line is just so beautiful mm-hmm. um, and like emotional. And they realize that as so they have so much in common, like Charlie and Lola, who like yeah. never had any, like never would have thought they had anything in common. Like that song really like connects them. And it's such a, not weird, but kind of weird plot when you think about it. Like you, if somebody explained to me that there would be like a show about like shoes and like two people coming together to make shoes. I'd be like, okay. But the way it's just written in the music and it's fun and it's done so well. Um, and it's Harvey Firestein and Sydney Lauper. So like, yeah. I mean, what else? Oh, you it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Cindy Lauper wrote, I want her to write another musical, like her music that she, I remember wearing out the CD, like in my car with my mom, like just like wearing it out. Yeah. So good. Um, were you also like obsessed with the soundtrack when it came out? I don't actually think I was obsessed when it came out, but I did have a phase like at some point in high school where I remember listening to it all the time. I honestly think it was when Brendan Urie went into the cast and then I like watched a video video of him singing soul of a man and like was obsessed. Then I kind of got back into listening to the music and listened to it a bunch after that got it yeah no I also went through a phase my phase was in middle school but I feel like I also went through like a kinky boots 2.0 phase in high school um I go through I feel like do you go through I might go straight back into it now honestly why not I I go through so many phases I like literally like just like Fresh off of um, a Jekyll and Hyde phase. Like, I, oh. I didn't even know what that show was. Like, you know what's interesting? When I was searching up stuff for spring 2013, it said that Jekyll and Hyde was a show in 2013 that was only open for a month. Oh, yeah. I, so I didn't, 
I decided like not to put it in because I was like, I saw it and I was like, this only ran for a month. It was a national tour with Constantine Maroulis. Yeah, whatever that was, I was like searching and I was like, that is, and it's supposed to run for like two months. Yeah. And then it only ran for a month, which is super interesting, but and it was glad at the that Marriott. you're into Bethlehem High. It was at the Marriott too, which was interesting. Um, <sighs> that theater is really cool. I, I kind of like, like, I think the vibes of that theater the Marriott Marquis are so um, interesting, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So I feel like we've probably said all we watch yeah. about Kinky Boots. Yeah. Go Kinky Boots. Go watch it if you can. Yeet. So yeah. Kinky Boots. I think there is actually a production. I think it's the London version on Broadway Plus. Oh, cool. If anybody has an account to that and wants to watch the full version, they have like a really nice full recorded version. It is the London cast, but. No, Super that's great. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't watched the pro. I, kn- I knew that a pro shot existed, but I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I probably should. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So the next show we're going to talk about is Matilda. Um, Matilda opened on April 11th, 2013. And I believe it closed on New Year's Day or like January 2nd of 2017. So it also had a pretty good run. It ran for, um, let's see how many performances this bad boy had. 1,554 performances, which is a lot. Um, And so basically, I can just explain the plot of Matilda. So Matilda is basically, if you don't know what it is, it's based off a book and a movie by Roald Dahl. It's about this little girl who's born into this horrible family, but she has like this extraordinary like talent. She's so smart and she has like magic powers and she goes to this really whack school. And it's just very... Like, she just, like, meets all these kids, and she has this teacher who she falls in love with and ends up, like, adopting her, and it's really cute. But this show was really interesting because it is, like, what you would kind of call a kid's show, but it's also, like, really not a kid's show. Like, it's really dark. And I I remember as a middle schooler, I loved that. Like, I I saw this in previews. I don't know your experience with Matilda, but I saw it in previews. And then I actually saw it again on Broadway and I saw it in London when I went to London with my high school. So I've seen like both versions and I think I loved the original Broadway version. Like I think this version is just so good. I think Bertie Carvel, I don't know if you saw it with Bertie Carvel. He killed it. But what's your experience with Matilda? I love Matilda. I remember again, when I was in eighth grade, when 2013 happened. So that's kind of my perspective on all these shows. I was, like a just graduating middle school age. Um, and I remember seeing this with my mom and loving it. I remember the swings, which mm. we can talk about uh, in When I Grow Up, being like mesmerized by that. Mm. And I actually, this was the first show that I went backstage for. Oh, really? Because my mom's friend did like the lighting or something. I don't even remember exactly. But I went backstage for Matilda and it was a really cool one to go backstage for because there were so many tricks. Yeah. So I got to like see how they do the chalkboard and all of the different um, cool gadgets and whatnot that they used. And the set is like all of these uh, blocks, like uh, letter blocks. And so it's really cool to be on the stage. I remember like getting that whole tour because there's some shows I like had friends in the lightning thief on Broadway and I got to go back for that. And like, that's a really cool show, but like the set is pretty like minimal and whatnot. But Matilda was one that the set was like this huge thing and backstage was like crazy. 
Um, and they did all these tricks. So that was really, really a cool one to be my first experience on a Broadway stage. Yeah. No, that set was amazing. The jigsaw puzzle on the floor and how everything came out of the floor was so cool. I remember I was like, this is the, and I sat in the mezzanine so I could see the floor. And I was like, this is so That's cool. Awesome. And the way they perfectly shaped out every set piece to fit perfectly to fill. Oh, so perfect. Um, and then the lighting also was amazing. I yeah. remember my experience with Matilda is one very big. Like my, I've seen like a bootleg of it and, and it was not that great of bootleg. So I was, I, I was honestly watching it just for like the music. Cause I couldn't really see anything else, but my mom and my sister saw it. They went to New York to see it. And like my sister fell in love with it. And my sister like loved the movie whenever we were younger. And cause she kind of like, she was all, she was a kind of like a like not nerd but like she was a very big like book reader like Matilda so she always like related to her and so seeing the show she loved it and I I love um I guess I mean the songs I guess we can like segue into the songs mm-hmm. now but I love like the contrast of loud and quiet I think that is such a good representation of how um how things are like different and how like the how, how, how the contrast of it all and how like and you're right and how I'm a dark, field how also. dark it is but also you know she is such a young girl going through all of these very intense parts of her life you know I also think like it really emphasizes like being a kid can be like really scary like mm-hmm. a principal even if they're the nicest principal like as an elementary schooler like for all of us I'm sure is scary like yeah and it really kind of just like glamorizes that and glorifies that and I think that's what allows it to be so dark but um yeah what did you think of the music Carly what songs are you yeah well to add on to that like you said like kids are mean sometimes and I think the show is all about like being an outcast and growing up which is if you want to like get as vague in general as possible right and it's really a cool show to see and the way like towards the end obviously as they accept her and whatnot but like how Matilda struggles throughout. I love the movie. I love the show. I actually don't love all the music. I like a lot of the songs, but now thinking about it, there's not many songs that I'm like, I would listen to a lot, honestly. I agree. Um, yeah. But there's like I wouldn't put it on while I'm like going for like a walk or something. But I did remember like just loving the show and it being super enjoyable. Like you said, the song Loud, I just absolutely love that. And I love Leslie. And I think she was perfect for that role. Uh, And I actually got the chance to work with Leslie last year on Emoji Land. Oh, my God. I love Emoji Land. Yeah. So I, yes, Broadway did the social media for that. So I did the social media for that. And I got to work with Leslie. And she's like as big and glamorous and loud as she was as that character and she was in emoji land and she's like one of like the best people to work with but um i just loved her in that role and i think that that kind of launched her career yeah um, and more specifically the broadway.com vlog yes those from matilda are just like something i figured i'd mention there are also there are like 40 of them because she like started it when she started in the show and then she like extended it and then she came back to the show like three years later and continued to do it and like there are so there is the fact that she archived that that all of that is archived somewhere and there for everyone to see like I can't even imagine watching this 10 years down the road like that is insane like having that I love watching stuff like that or like even knowing about 
uh, Broadway actors and actresses when they were in shows that like they didn't have their big break in yet, or they were just having their big break. If you watch like any of those vlogs, you get a lot of that, whether it's like Lindsay Mendez doing her Wicked vlog, but something actually cool about Matilda, because it did run for a few years, it actually had a lot of people in it that are huge now and weren't. I remember Alex Brightman and were both the brother at one point in Matilda. Which is crazy because now you look like Alex Brightman, Taylor Trent. I'm sure the list goes on and on. Um, but I feel like Matilda Loki had like a lot of people in it that were in it before their careers kind of got big, which is cool to look back yeah, on. I didn't know that Taylor Trent was in it. That's awesome. And he was the brother. So is Alex Brightman, which That's is nice. like ridiculous. Yeah. Even the kids, the kids, because even like Una Lawrence, who was like one of the original Matildas, like she kind of went off to have her own like TV and movie career. Like, um, but these kids, you could tell how well they were trained because they were so professional yeah. and so good and so beyond their age. And I was like, these kids, I'm pre- most of them were probably between the ages of like eight and 12. Yeah. Insanely good. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I love talking about like child actors because I, we, saw, we talked about it a little bit in School of Rock too. Uh-huh. They are, it's insane. Like it, you're, I mean, you just said it, but it's crazy how much how much they put out there and how they're literally doing an adult job as, as a oh, like child. A yeah. No sense. It's insane. Especially that show. And that year, honestly, not in the spring season, but I remember that year had Annie open and like, I have a special level there for that revival. The story was that year. And it was just like tons of kids on Broadway, just doing as well as the adults and in any capacity, like watching the kids, Broadway kids, it's remarkable. It's yeah. crazy. But I do remember that Tony Award performance. Yeah. Whoever the girl singing uh, as Matilda had like a little voice crack at the beginning. Aww. I don't know if you remember this or if I'm just like a psycho, but <laughs> I remember she like was singing and had a little voice crack on the Tony's. And I was like, oh my God, she's so good. Poor kid, like just voice yeah. crack on the Tony's. But it's okay. I'm sure she's. I hope she's okay today. <laughs> Wait, she's probably so thriving. Funny. I remember like watching them scooter around like the the oh, like, second so stage, and I was like, I would fall off. So yeah. like um like the second stage in the middle. So I was like scared for them. But I just think this show, this is honestly probably one of like in my top three favorite musicals. Really? I, I know. Uh... I just like I loved the movie before I saw the show, and then I was so excited to see the show, and it like totally exceeded my expectations and my expectations were already super high. And like, I just think the fact that a show can be led by a nine-year-old girl and be so well-received by not only audiences, but critics is insane to me. Like the critics were raving about these kids who have like little to no acting experience. They're like, this is the most, like, I think this show is actually probably critically more well-received than Kinky Boots. But um, I mean, it's just like really well done. It's like really sophisticated. Yeah, I think it also did really well in London too. Like you said, you saw it in London. Like I think it really thrived over there. Uh, question. It's still running in London. Yeah. Yeah. Questions. Awards. Were the Matildas nominated? They were, right? No, they weren't. So they actually won a special Tony. Like before the Tonys, they had like a special ceremony, I guess, because they decided it wouldn't really be fair to nominate four people in one category. I'm sure you remember with Billy Elliot when all three of them won. 
Yes. Which I, yeah. I saw, I loved Billy Elliot. Did you see Billy Elliot? That's one of oh, my I loved it. Cool. It's so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, we'll, we can, that's a tangent, but um, <laughs> it's um really great that this, wait, what was I, what was I saying? They had like the four of them win the award. Right. Yeah. It was really great that they still honored them. I thought, and I, I wish though, I love seeing kids be nominated for Tony's. Like when Cindy yeah. Lucas was nominated for fun home, like I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. So yeah, because they deserve it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Tony's, we don't have to talk about it, but like the Tony's are coming up. Really <laughs> soon. I know. Actually, <laughs> we usually do something like fun to like finish off our episode. So we could talk about that at the end. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of the good songs, like you said, are quiet. I love quiet. Same. Loud is really how Leslie Margarita stole the show. And she also, like, I love Leslie Margarita because she comes back to the Bucks County Playhouse, which is this theater near my house. And I saw her in Guys and Dolls, like, five years later. And it was just so, she's so wonderful. Um, And it also had a really similar, the choreographer was Peter Darling, who choreographed Billy Elliot. And I think they probably did that strategically because he's so good at working with kids. And what he does with kids. Um, I mean, those kids are doing really hard choreography. Revolting children, it's like... They're like on the desks, like jumping off. And here's the thing, like, yes, it's hard, but it's it must be so fun for them. Like they're just they're just yelling on stage and just jumping around. Like that was my dream when I was so when I was young. I know if I was more talented, I would have killed to be in that show. Yeah. Um <laughs> like that show looks so fun to be in. And I, I bet I bet they had the best time and probably sweated their butts off too. Yeah. Um but yeah, it won a ton of stuff. People actually thought it was gonna win best musical. I remember like a lot of people when they were projecting. It was like really a race between Kinky Boots and Matilda and nobody really knew who was going to win. But I'm glad Kinky Boots won Best Musical because I think it's like a little bit more accessible just because if you're not familiar with Matilda or like the medium of musical theater, you won't really, really realize why it's so good. So I'm I'm glad Kinky Boots did win because I mean, I think it's just like a little bit more of an accessible show. But I also think Matilda is going to be something that's going to be around forever. I think the show's going to be revived soon. I think Kinky Boots will be too. Um, it's very British. It's not the kind of show that like you can do it in an American accent when you like bring it to the States. Like it's British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those kids learned accents. They all did. Yeah. I actually wish I could have seen it in London. So I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like it did really well here, but like, I, like I said before, I'm sure it like did really well in London. Yeah. The Brits are obsessed with Matilda. I actually, I did a British exchange program in high school. And I remember when we were like asking them, like, what shows should we see? They were like, see Matilda. They were like, it's so good. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, so we have one more show to talk about, um, which was the first show to open in the 2013 spring season. This opened really early in like January. Um, and this was Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. So Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella 
It opened on March 3rd, 2013. Oh, so it opened on March 3rd, never mind. But it started previews in January. Um, and it ran for 769 performances until January of 2015. I had never saw this, but I got into it more like recently. And I just think the music's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we want to address this slash if we should talk about it because of Lara Osnes. Um, so we could cut that out. What are your, what are our feelings? I mean, we can talk about it. Like, unfortunately, Laura Osnes at the moment isn't, uh, in the best place. So we don't necessarily have to acknowledge her, but we can, uh, talk about the rest of the show, yeah. even though she was quite a important part to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the, not like the title. Okay. She was, she wasn't an anti-vax or maybe she was, but we didn't know back then. So, right. I hope she gets it. I think she'll get the vaccine in the next year. I just have a feeling she'll. I hope so. That's crazy, man. Um, But yeah, it's it was her and Santino Fontana who I love. I love Santino Fontana. Did you see Tootsie? I am obsessed with him (laughs) and everything he does. Um, I love him on Crazy Ex Girlfriend specifically. Mm -hmm. I love that show. That show. Uh, But no, he is so good. And the first thing when I think of Cinderella, like this Rodgers and Hammerstein version in 2013, uh, is that dress yes. change. Yes. Oh my God, when she pulls it out. Yeah. When she like goes, pulls it out and then like, oh, it's so good. Um, I didn't actually see it on Broadway, but I've seen like clips and I know the music and stuff. Yeah, but that is like the best part, in my opinion, of the show. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. This cast, I'm looking, it was stacked. It had Victoria Clark, Harriet Harris, um, Anne Harada. Like, I love Anne Harada. I think she's awesome. Um, she's she was also in so, Emoji Land and is just iconic. Oh, yeah. she killed it in Emoji yeah. Land. She was so funny. Um, but yeah. No, and I my my connection was I was in this show. I was in the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. So um so I was a freshman in high school. Um I was one of seven freshmen to make musicals because it was very competitive. So yeah, that's love my flex. That's, that's my flex. Um, but I really did love the show and I love the music. I still remember all of the words to all the songs. So I uh it was very near and dear to my heart. And Trent was in it. Um all my sister's friends were like the leads and everything. So um yeah, really, really good. And I uh, and I was like in the, in the ballroom scene, and like the prince is giving a ball. I was in that one. Just a really fun show to be in. And the songs are so good. The songs are just incredible. And I remember like all my friends saw it, my family saw it, and they're like, "That was amazing." And you know, a Disney show or not Disney, but like princess shows are a little bit like hot, hot and cold. Like you're not really, you're not really sure how you're going to feel about them. Like personally, whenever I found out that Cinderella was going to be my first show I was in, I was going to be like, Oh, like, do I really want to do it? And then I realized that it was beautiful. More elevated. The music is so good. Like in my own little corner. Yes. So even the prologue is like beautiful. Like the chorus, choral backgrounds. I'm like, Oh my God. And right now on opening night, I was back there pooping my pants and I was singing in that microphone and I was like, Oh my God, I'm actually on stage. This is crazy. crazy. Yeah. It was a ton of fun. And like, I'll always, I'll always love this show just because this was like the big thing in high school. Like I was like, this is my first show in high school. It's awesome. Um, But I do love all the music. I do love, Prince is giving a ball. I do love, um, what's the one they sing in the second act? Stepsisters Layman. Oh, 
I think it's called Lovely Night. Yeah, yeah, Lovely Night. That's my fave. I love that one so much. But they're all good. They're all good. Steps yeah. and Harada's stepsisters, Lament or Layman. I don't know. Yes. Why would I so good? Like her? Yes. That's the thing in Act Two, too. And it's just so funny. Like, that's the comedic relief that we need after the Act One finale. It's so good. It is. It's like a classic show for a reason. Yeah. Um, want a girl like her, a frail and fluffy beauty. Why can't a fellow ever once prefer a solid girl like me? She's a fraudy little bubble with a flimsy kind of charm. And with very little trouble, I could break her little alarm. Ow! Ow! Why would a fellow want a girl like her? So obviously unusual. Why can't a fellow ever once prefer a usual girl like me? Her cheeks are a pretty shade of pink. But not any pinker than a rose is Her skin may be delicate and soft But not any softer than a doze is Her neck is no whiter than a swan's She's only as dainty as a daisy She's only as graceful as a bird So why is the fellow going crazy? Oh, why would a fellow want a girl like her? A girl who's merely lovely Why can't a fellow ever once prefer? A girl who's merely me What's the matter with the man? What's the matter with the man? Uh, it's so enjoyable. I want to talk about the replacements of that Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and Kiki Palmer. Like I said, I did not get to see this show, but I would have killed to see, honestly, either of them in that role. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just would have killed to see them in that. Kiki I love that. Kiki Palmer was probably unbelievable. I just Really? I, I mean, I love her. I think she's so great and so funny. Yeah, I just didn't know that she was a singer. Not or, true Jackson VP. Not, yeah, not, not my true Jackson VP. She was in um Grease Live. Dude, she killed oh, it in that. Yeah. Yeah. How could I forget? Oh, my God. Grease Live. I feel like she's also, like, released music recently. But, like, I'm not sure. She did Freddie My Love in Grease Live. And I specifically yeah. remember that was, like, my favorite number in it. Because of her, because she's so, she was such a good Marty. But I mean, if you didn't know she was a singer, who do you think sings T R U E J A? Right. I forgot. Yeah, she sings with Hugh Jackson. Like an iconic theme song. No, it's so good. She's, I'm obsessed with her. Um, I also just more appreciation for Anne Harada. She just is so... Let's just keep going on Anne Harada. I'm down. <laughs> like, no, she just actually, like, everything she does. I don't know if you've been watching Schmigadoon. I did. Um, I watched it. It She's is so funny. good. Her song, He's a Queer One, is so funny. It's so good. I love her so much. Yeah, but if you haven't watched Schmigadoon, Schmigadoon is so... If you like older Golden Age musicals, it alludes to them so brilliantly. Um, it so is I, smart. It's a smart show. Yeah, it is so well done. So I would highly recommend watching it. But yeah. And tons of Broadway faves of. Yeah. Who's in it? Um, Alan Cumming, Keegan-Michael Key, Cecily Strong, Kristen Chenoweth, Dove Cameron, who there's rumors right now about her playing Glinda in the Wicked movie. I don't know. If- <gasps> wow. Oh, my God. I think I, love that. I think I would love that. Oh, I saw fun. Dove Cameron in Clueless off Broadway. Stop. Was it I'm good? so jealous you saw that. Uh, it was like fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was enjoyable, but it was not, it was like jukebox ish. It was like 90s music. And then the plot of Clueless. Right. So it was like kind of weird. 
but I actually saw Dove Cameron in that and she was really, really good. And then the girl who played Cher in the movie was actually at the show the same night that I went. Which oh my no God, way. no way. That's yeah. so cool. Like randomly, I like just randomly saw the show and like ran for a month off Broadway and Dove Cameron was in it, but you know. Was Dove Cameron yeah. good? Yeah, she was great. I just thought the show was like fun. Yeah. yeah. Totally. No, I had a similar experience. I think off-Broadway shows a lot of the time, they're either like amazing or like just fine. Right. Um, I saw We Are the Tigers off-Broadway and I remember I was like really excited, but I ended up being kind of underwhelmed afterwards. Interesting. I thought the cast was great and the music was great. I was just kind of like, it, yeah. felt, it was very predictable. That's all. Oh, yeah. It's like hit or miss, I feel like, with a lot yeah. of off-Broadway shows. Totally. Um, but also a lot of off-Broadway shows, I mean, like, I'm super excited for K-pop to make its comeback um, and yeah. Strange Loop to come to Broadway, which I actually also got tickets for to see in D.C. Um, yeah. Off-Broadway, like, really is like a big I don't know if you saw The Secret Life of Bees like I love seeing stuff off Broadway yeah, yeah. I do too and it's also very cool to like see it before yeah uh, before it, it makes, goes yeah. I remember I recently saw not recently because I haven't seen anything recently <laughs> but more recently than not I saw Alice by Heart oh how was that and I loved it like loved it because that's Steven Sater and Duncan Cheek who wrote Spring Awakening right um, and then my biggest off-Broadway show that I saw and by biggest I mean I was obsessed with it I saw it like four times that was like if there's one show that I was obsessed with did that like stage door annoying yeah. theater kid phase it was Heather's oh, you saw Heather's yeah. I saw Heather's four times I'm so jealous my mom wouldn't take me I remember begging I went during previews because my friend was like, it's a good show. Like at New World Stages, go see it. And me and my friend Allie were those girls that um, went so many times. We went to like Ryan McCartan's last performance in it. We were the only people that would stage door because nobody else cared. And now you like, look at that's another show. Like you look at those people now, like Justin Wynn and Barrett Rubble Reed. And like we literally stage doored that show. Like no other saw it so many times. We actually... This is a good story. We went to the Drama Desk Awards that year, 2014, when I was in ninth grade. How did you get to go to that? Because you can buy tickets. Fun fact. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they weren't that expensive. And we sat, like, in the upper balcony. And we went because Barrett was nominated. And we, like, loved her so much. So we went to Drama Desk. And then afterwards, we were waiting outside. We met, like, a bajillion celebrities that night because it was like the drama desk award and there was no fans there except for us. And then Barrett came out and uh, she came out with Lawrence O'Keefe who wrote Heather's who also wrote Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. And they were, and she was like, Oh my God, like you guys came like, thanks for coming. And then she was saying how she was tired after the night and gave us her after party tickets to the drama desk award after party. But it was a Sunday night and I was 14 years old. I was in ninth grade. So me and my friend Allie were like contemplating going or not. And I remember like we asked James Monroe Iglehart if like we should go because he was standing there and he was like, well, the girl from Fun Home will be there. So like, it doesn't matter about your age. And so we wound up going for like five minutes um, to check it out. But then we had to leave because it was like midnight on a school night when I was in ninth grade. Oh, but that's the coolest story that, ever. That so that's cool. my Heather's phase into Mama wow. That's amazing. Speaking of Ryan McCartan, did you see Scotland PA? 
I didn't, but I saw him in Heather's four times. <laughs> I, I love Scotland PA too. I hope that like has another life because I thought that was like a little show that could, but no, off Broadway yeah. great. Definitely check out off Broadway. If you're not like into it, I recently got into off Broadway and I was like, my, well, my favorite show was off Broadway the last five years. That's my favorite show of all time. And that was off Broadway. Never made it to Broadway, but right. it's so good. And it's like, it's literally my favorite show. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And that's something that I think belongs off Broadway. Yeah. Like I remember once was off Broadway and then yeah. Broadway, and it just did so much better. Like we said, it would be more chill before when it was off Broadway. Cause something like the last five years or once is just much better in an intimate setting because yeah. For the last five years, there's there's two of them. So yes, it's like exactly. you can't play to this big Broadway house when there's two of you. And it just makes it so much better when it's intimate. Yeah, I loved once. I saw it when I was on vacation on Cape Cod. They did it there and it was so beautiful. I thought it was so good. Once is a really pretty show. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So before we end, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Tonys. We usually like to end uh, our episodes with something fun and different. So why don't we uh, get on our phones and look at these nominations and see? I guess we can kind of go through um, the musical categories mm-hmm. uh, or like the major categories um, and see just what our thoughts in general are on the Tonys this year. How do you know it's working? I don't know how, how it's going to work. Um, I, I don't know. I'm assuming they'll find somebody to host it. And I don't think it'll be in person maybe they'll have the nominees there uh, I don't know I could see them having like the nominees there in masks or something right and like going up if they win I doubt they'll be in live audience but I have no idea so interesting so okay these are like older shows now because they've like been around for a while um like I'm going into my senior year of college and these all came out when I was a sophomore so that it's just like interesting it's weird um, because of the pandemic, but the best yeah. one or the best musical nominations, there are only three of them. Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge, and Tina. There are no best revival nominations. And we might as well mention that Aaron Tveit is the only person nominated in this category. So I don't know. I think they should have given the Lightning Thief the fourth spot. I agree as much as, and I saw it and I actually had friends in it. Like my friend Rob actually wrote it. So I'm a little bit biased, but taking like the bias out of it, uh, I thought it was just like an enjoyable show. I don't think it was like the best show I've ever seen, but I thought it was super enjoyable. Chris McCarroll singing uh, Good Kid at the end of Act One, like was so good. Um, and I think in a season, especially giving the nominations like during the pandemic and in a season that only had so much when there are normally four spots, it's like you didn't have to throw them everything, but they should have acknowledged that they ran they ran through their limited run. They have a fan base and like giving it to them. Like just I, acknowledging like you were on Broadway in this season and, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was kind of elitist of the American theater wing to not include the lightning thief um, because it's like based on a kid's book and like, it's more like kiddie show and like, yeah, it might not be like the most profound sophisticated thing ever, but like, it's a perfectly enjoyable, like two hours that like, yeah think about i don't know if it would have beaten maybe like any of the other shows like uh company if that opened or whatnot if it was a normal tony awards i don't know if it would have got in that spot i don't think it would have obviously but i think in the circumstances it was really really shitty for them not to include them Mm -hmm. did you see company by the way because i saw it right before the pandemic oh i 
I was actually in London studying abroad the spring of my junior year. So I left in January. So I actually, I saw Tina in London, but oh. I never saw Jagged Little Pill. I didn't see Moulin Rouge. I didn't see a lot of these shows because I wasn't really here for them. Uh, right, right. I'm hoping to see them when they open back up. I actually, yeah, I saw Jagged Little Pill and Moulin Rouge. I saw Jagged Little Pill in previews. Um, loved both of these shows. I honestly have no clue which one is going to win. It depends if the Tonys are going to vote the more like emotionally charging route or like yeah. the more like kinky boots year where it's like a fun spectacle route. I think right. both shows are awesome though. Yeah, agreed. I think, I don't know. I think it'll be jagged, but yeah, that's what I was thinking too. They like that emotional pull there. <laughs> and like the music, the renditions, the way they've like reorchestrated the Alanis Morissette music is so good. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's just a really, it's a moving show. My only issue with it is they tackled too many issues. Yes. I remember an act to my mom whispering over and being like, seriously, another yeah. thing that I have to like focus on now. Like I was right. juggling like four different plot lines at once. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all that. I just can't believe Aaron today is the only one nominated for his category. I know that's so weird. Like yeah. that's so weird. Like it's so crazy. You know, what's interesting Karen Olivo is nominated and she, I mean, Adrian Warren's going to win that category. So it's, I'm not worried, but I wonder if she'll even like show up if they can have people there after uh, her statement that she put out about Moulin Rouge and like not returning to it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah she was like, so uh, she put out a whole thing about like the way that Broadway is and the changes it needs to make and whatnot and like took herself out. Moulin Rouge so I wonder like I don't know if she has bad blood really towards the show or if it's just like theater and or like Broadway in general and like them having to make changes but I wonder if they have nominees there if she will be there representing the show I don't know and she's also because she won't be in anymore so it'll be interesting but yeah I'm kind of curious to see when Aaron Tveit gets his award is he just gonna be like hey like <laughs> Like, uh, like I would just be thank like, you. Such a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what do you say when you're the only person nominated in the category and they open the ballot and they're like, yeah. like no <laughs> shit, Aaron today. Like he's the only option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's two of them in Catching Fire. Anyway. Yeah. No. But yeah. No. Literally. But <laughs> it's just it's gonna be really interesting. I'm excited just to see the performances and to see people on stage again and like. It'll be something like the fact that it's actually happening is just a milestone and like, okay, we're getting like the 2020, whatever Tony awards. We're actually getting it now. And now we can move on to the next Tony awards and like the next season and whatever's to come next this fall and spring and so on. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was a great episode. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Carly. This was awesome. Your feedback was great. Your input was amazing. We love this conversation. We're so appreciative. Yeah. We're so appreciative that you decided to come on. Oh my God. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited for our Glee episode. Yeah. We're we're definitely going to do that. Yeah. You guys are awesome. This was so fun. I love geeking out about Broadway all the time. So thanks again. Yes. Oh, bye Bye, everyone. Bye. All my people in the crowd Grab a partner, take it down It's me against the music Uh It's just me and me Yeah, come on Hey Brittany 
Take it down. Get on. 